0: Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week, I'm sharing some insider secrets and top tips and information about the conversations that I've been having and sharing some of the trends that I've seen, some of the issues that people are telling me that they are seeing when I have chats and conversations with them. I'm also sharing the what I am seeing as being some of the top requests for well-being, and also, if you just do one thing in January to look ahead for 2022, I share the top tip that I have that also includes my free gift to you. So enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Lessons for Leaders podcast. Each week I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stress, doubt and overwhelms that I help you to increase your performance, to be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and wellbeing trainer, helping you and your workforce increase performance and make the impact that you want in the world. Now I've had a few emails and calls recently from people who are finding things really difficult and know that those difficulties are affecting their performance and affecting them individually. People are getting in touch for their own help because they're feeling burnt out, stressed, overwhelmed and finding that their work and lives are unsustainable. I've also got people talking about wanting to leave their professions, especially a lot of HR people, but not exclusively, because it's all feeling too much. So Neve, a HR manager, said, I was in a difficult position job-wise and mentally, and Emma was a welcome listener who provided sound support and advice, and helped me to reframe my issues and how to approach them. I'm now in a much better place and have secured a fantastic new role because my confidence grew too. Emma's support was so helpful and appreciated during this time. I would seek Emma's support again. If that sounds a bit similar to you, then please do get in touch with me, emma at emmalankton.com or go over to my website where you can book straight into my diary to have a call and see how I can help you. Now, excitingly, this month I'm almost fully booked for January to deliver workshops that are happening online and in person. If you're quick, you can talk to me about what I can do to help your organisation or individuals in your workplace so that they have proven tools and techniques to improve performance, create healthy work-life boundaries, boost resilience and so much more. They're still placed in February too, but bookings are coming in all the way through to April, which quite frankly, after the pandemic, um, is amazing for me. So thank you to those who trust me to support you in this. Do get in touch if you think I can help you in any way. Now, finally, I know you're probably sick of hearing me ask this, but please do hit the subscribe button and leave a review too. It helps enormously for the podcast host places to know what you like and, importantly, to share with other people that might be interested. Welcome back, listeners. You know, I've been having so many conversations with individuals and organisations about plans for 2022. Although life isn't back to how it was pre-Covid, it does feel like things are starting to get a bit more normal. <laughs> Whatever normal is. And I know for myself there's face-to-face workshops have returned. Um you'll if you follow me on social media you'll already begin to see some of my uh, images and shots where I'm a bit more out and about. And thankfully, my diary is filling up fast, so without being really boastful, but that is going to make a difference to the hit that I took uh, through COVID, as I'm sure many of you did too. So through 2021, I had the pleasure of working with and having conversations with a ton of different organisations and people. And through these conversations, there are some key themes that keep coming up. And this is one of the things that I often share in conversations is about key themes and trends um, that I'm hearing with the people I talk to, whether or not we go ahead and work together. And I often then share some of the, because I just can't help it quite honestly, but you know, I often share some of these key themes and some of these trends and some of the things that I'm hearing people talk about and hearing that people are putting in place. I share them in my newsletter too. However... We can also share them on here, but if you want them on a monthly basis, you know, as I keep saying, make sure you sign up to my newsletter. I'll try and remember to put a link in the show notes. Otherwise, hop over to my website at emmalankton.com. Enough of the sales pitch. So, as we look ahead through 2022, Did you know that 45% of employees reported feeling emotionally drained from work since the pandemic began? Did you know that? This is the other thing that I do in my newsletters and in the conversations that I have with people and even on my proposals is that I share statistics that you can use to be able to persuade the people that you need to persuade to get your leaders on board to be able to get some of that help and support to put these plans in place. Okay. So I know it's been really, really tough, but here's the thing. The big thing that surprised me was about not just that people are emotionally drained, I think, because, you know, I think we could possibly have guessed that, but which different people in which types of organizations are emotionally drained. Now, so I started to hearing from different law firms. So I, look, I work a lot with professional services. Um, you could say I specialize in professional services with some of the work that I do. However, it's not just work exclusively with them. But I was talking to some law firms and they said that their lawyers with a lot of this work from home were struggling uh, being the only point of contact for their clients that are dealing with things like family issues and, you know, emotive subjects. And of course, they were not in the office as much and they had a concern about almost like the work life being in the home and the kids are around and things, but also that people are not, have not got that support network, which I always talk about it being hugely important. So what they were doing was that they were offloading and um, sharing their woes and troubles and difficulties with the lawyers. And then the lawyers were struggling, you know, with the offload of all of this. They're not trained to, um, you know, be somebody's counsellor or therapist. But it was really hard for them. At the same time... I was having conversations with a couple of housing organisations who also, because all housing organisations have, uh, a lot of them have their social housing sector, their people were dealing with um, customers or tenants who had a lot of mental health and negative and emotive conversations uh, with things that they were dealing with and um, what they were having to cope with even just on the phone. So they were also emotionally drained, but it wasn't just emotionally drained from the pandemic. It was emotional, uh, drainage is drainage, the right word. Never mind. Um, they felt emotionally drained from other people's stuff. So other people's baggage. So something that I often used to talk about with when I ran my adoption support group for you know, For, obviously, if you haven't heard me before, then um, I adopted my two kids 15 years ago. And um, in part of that time, it it was difficult. There was a lot of emotional baggage and offload. But I set up a support group for adoptive parents. And this was something that we used to talk about and we used to have to guard against because we're living with these kids with emotional stuff and mental health issues. And so what I heard within that was, it's kind of the same thing. So then I used that personal knowledge and my professional knowledge because I originally trained as a therapist and then coaching and then training to create a workshop about handling emotional offloads and baggage. Now formally it's known as compassion fatigue. It's often called the cost of caring. But this one-hour workshop then gives people tools and tips and different perspective so that it prevents your people from absorbing the pain and the struggle and that emotional baggage of clients, customers, tenants, whatever. But it also means that your people don't end up burnt out or ill from the effects of those negative emotions. Okay. So that was the biggest surprise in kind of 2021. But I've already got four of these workshops booked and we're only on the third week in January, Um, I'm still having calls with organisations about what they want to do for 2022. Um, But there's already four of these sessions booked for different organisations. So if you are still thinking about what your wellbeing plan looks like, what support you need to give to your leaders, definitely give that some consideration. It's not just going to be in law and housing organisations that this is going to affect your people. The reason that I'm having these conversations as well, so the next thing really that is probably, you know, what you might want to be looking at too for 2022 is about creating a wellbeing plan. Organisations are now moving away a lot from doing the kind of reactive stuff and what I've been calling sticking plaster stuff. We have loads of organisations that I've been talking to who have been saying things like um, that that people are struggling in some shape or form, that um, staff are exhausted, that there's low mood, people are still not turning off, they're still not coping with those boundaries or they've got so much work that they're working early mornings, evenings, weekends. But people are also noticing that teams are feeling negative and complaining and that's partly about mental health, it's partly about stress, it's partly about resilience People are saying to me that their people have got not much left in the tank. So not only are they saying to me, how can we support these individuals in our organisation, but how can managers support them too? But my first question all the time is, because I don't ever, you know, if you know me well, I don't ever just sit back and accept. My first question to this organisation is, what's in your plan? And what is the point of what you're doing? So that I make sure that people know what the issues are. So they've told me what people are uh, are saying. How is that affecting you as a business? Is it about absenteeism, presenteeism, all that type of stuff? And then what are the needs? But those are just the two first points of my seven steps to a winning wellbeing plan. So... January and the new year and this first quarter is always a really good time to think about the goals, the changes, the plans that you want to make, both for yourself and for your organisation. If you would like a copy of my seven steps to a winning wellbeing plan, then um, get in touch with me, emma at emmalankton.com. It's in a lovely um, little PDF. And uh, there's also a podcast, uh podcast episode 38, because I did this last year as well, that goes along with it and gives you some helpful support and advice around that. So not only look at your people individually, but look at your plan going forward, because once you've done that, it feels so much easier and so much better to be able to do, put all the things in place, because then once you've done all the preparation, it takes much less time and much less effort. Now, another statistic. Deloitte also found that businesses that invest in mental health interventions report an average of £5 return for each £1 spent and reduce presenteeism, absenteeism and staff turnover. So the kinds of things that people are asking me for is they are already looking forward uh, to things like what are we going to do for International Women's Day? Uh, do, we, uh, do we look at a speaker or a workshop in that shape or form? Because this is an opportunity to inspire and motivate your people with stories, advice, um, training, tools, tips and information that challenge that bias. Perhaps my biggest thing, I suppose, is about shifting people from being bossy, definitely being accused of that as an adoptive parent and possibly even before that, being over-emotional, being anxious, You know, when you're kind of, you know, pressing the point about plans needs to be in place and we need to do this and we need to do this. Don't be so, are you being over emotional? Um, Are you just getting anxious about things? So I talk to people about how they can be assertive and how they can speak like a leader or, you know, be confidently assertive and, um, you know, motivate teams and things like that by sharing personal and professional stories of adopting my children how you can stand up to people that you know can sometimes feel like you've got the pat they've got the power over you that you can advocate for these kids or for yourself or for your teams how you can cut through red tape about that assertiveness you know as well as the managing stress and enhancing resilience both in yourself and with the people around you just as I did with myself my family and my team So if you're interested in talking to me more about that, where these uh, speaking sessions can be tailored to what it is that you need as an outcome, let me know. Because I'm already having conversations about that. And if you want to get things in place and be able to promote it really well, definitely get in touch. The other things that I'm talking to people about are healthy boundaries still. Even though people are going to be going back into work, there's, people are still struggling to manage that that balance. As I've said, people are still working long hours, not switching off, etc. I just did a workshop on uh, healthy boundaries on uh, Tuesday. And um, somebody said to me, Emma, I need you sat on my shoulder. Bless them. That's harsh, isn't it? However, um, the poor thing was struggling. So we still need to work on healthy boundaries. I'm doing a series of six workshops for York Minster so that all of the attendees have effective tools and techniques to enable them to adapt more positively because they were picking up on low mood and struggles and the changes that have been hit since the pandemic. So maybe you want to look at the ramping up the resilience. Enhancing mental wellbeing is brilliant for ensuring that people have the tools to really to help themselves so that your leaders pick up less of the stuff. But as well, I do one specifically, and this is not mental health first aid, that, you know, this is just, this is workshops. But I also do one that is helping managers to know how to handle people, how to talk to people, because I've had people come to me that say, we've done loads of great work. And then they've gone to the managers and then the managers have gone, but we don't know what to say. When they come and say I'm struggling, I'm like, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know how to handle it. Don't know how to have that conversation. So make sure that you're still equipping your leaders to know how to have those conversations. Stress Awareness Month is coming up in April. There's already bookings coming through for that. Outside of that, certainly with some of the uh, friends, uh, business friends, colleagues and other trainers that I do talk to regularly, I would highly recommend the other areas of focus is on menopause. There's a couple of people I can recommend for that on things like um, self-promotion and male allyship. I can recommend a couple of people for that too and financial well-being. That's also a big one as well as uh, being able to recommend people specifically for mental health, first aid training and other aspects of uh, well-being support plans. So that's quite a lot on well-being, but there's also uh, leadership support as well. So there's um, more information coming through to me and more requests for me to be able to go back now to supporting and enhancing leadership performance so that they can either support themselves or support others as well. So I hope that gives you an insight of all the different things that you can do if you are looking ahead for 2022. As ever, if you've got any questions or you do want to book a call with me, then do get in touch with me, emma at emmalangton.com. Otherwise, have an amazing week and I'll see you again in the next episode. Bye for now.